HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food and beverage radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. This year, Wisconsin Cheese is hosting the very first Art of Cheese Festival to celebrate all things curds. Head to www.artofcheesefestival.com for your tickets to pastured paradise. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. And I'm Greg Benson. And we're back. We are back. From our awesome summer vacation with Heritage Radio Network. We're Back in the studio, really excited to be back. Uh, what would I mean? Souther's not here today because he's still on it. Uh, so you know, when I think Souther Teague, I think vacation. That's just kind of my yeah, exactly. You know, he's all he's never working. He's just always got this easy breezy tropical attitude. Like, of course, of course, he's still on summer break, and the rest of us sure are here off. back at the office. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's him in a nutshell. But yeah, give me a yeah. sneak preview, man. What's your what's going to be on your uh, what I did in my summer vacation essay? Honestly, I can't remember. It's like a total blur. <laughs> the band's been playing a lot more lately, uh, you know, because things are open. The venues are starting to open up. Um, staffing's coming back. So a lot of the, like, clubs and venues are actually kind of back to, like, a full-time. You know, it, for a lot of them, it was, like, Thursday, Friday only for a lot of shows. And then it was, like, Thursday through Sunday. And now there's, like, you know, Monday, Tuesday shows. And, it, you know, it's 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 just cool to see everything kind of slowly creeping back, but um, it also feels good to be, you know, playing music again and, uh, you know, gearing up for some, some fall shows and mini tours and things like that. So that's good. But yeah, I mean, like to me, you know, that last bit of summer, it's like, you're always just trying to like grab what's left of it. And uh, I, I kind of, I'd like it when Labor Day comes around because, even though it's for some, it will signal the end of summer. I really like fall. Uh, specifically, I love fall cocktails. It's it, like if I were, if, if you know, like when they're like, what season are you? Like, as far as like your, your makeup and hair color and all that stuff, I, I would be a fall uh, as far as cocktails go. Um, I just like mixing with bitters and spices and, you know, kind of more stirred boozy. Um and, you know, fall in New York's great, but also fall out here in Northern California is a really beautiful thing as well. So, yeah. Um, what about you? What did you, you do? What have you been? 
Oh man, well I've I've been uh, I've been gallivanting as I'm want to do. I spent a week out in Denver, and uh, I am proud proud to report that uh, I I did it all. I did everything. Like literally, I left with one thing on a massive Denver bucket list uncrossed off. I went to everything else. I did uh, Death and Company. I hit Tartarian. I hit Retrograde. I did. Uh, in fact. I visited a friend of mine who I didn't even realize lived out in Denver. I only found out he was living there because I posted a photo of uh, Lucifer, the cursed demonic horse statue outside of the Denver airport on Instagram. And he hit me up like, dude, what are you doing in Denver? I was like, what are you doing in Denver? I worked with this dude 10 years ago. He's the beverage director of a place out there called Three Saints Revival. Oh, my dear sweet Lord. Check it out. It is incredible. Um Really great, just kind of like tapas style Mediterranean food. Uh, the beverage program's fun. They got an espresso martini on on nitro on tap, which is pretty cool. But honestly, just nice. everyone I met there was super pleasant. The space is beautiful. And when I left, I was like, man, I should get my buddy on the show to say thank you. And then I remembered the experience of working with him and the sort of person he was. And I was like, actually... I think the best thing I can do for his career is not put him in front of a live microphone. <laughs> so just know if you're listening to this, buddy, that I, that I'm looking out for you because I care. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you, Greg. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm a, I'm a, I'm a generous person. You know, it's just what I do. Yeah. Denver is one of my favorite cities. I, you know, before I decided to move to Brooklyn, that was high up on the list. It was, it was full-time Austin, which I'd already kind of part-time lived in. But then uh, it was San Francisco, New York, and Denver. So the only one that I haven't lived in is, is so far as Denver. Maybe one of these days. Um, but there's there's just a really – something really nice about Denver is that, like, there – I've been going there for probably over 20 years just to visit and go to, like, bike rallies and play shows on tour and whatnot. And then just watching it over the last 20-so years – kind of evolve into what it is now with like the food and beverage scene. But then there's still a lot of really cool old school stuff there too. I mean, like um, I'm trying to remember this place called commerce Inn or something like that, or so, I can't remember. Uh, I think that might be it, but it's just like this place full of taxidermy and it's been around forever. And it's kind of a cool, weird, like steakhouse of sorts. And, um, and it's kind of a little bit further out from like downtown. So you gotta, it's like, one of those places, it's like going to like, when you're in New Orleans, like going to Willie Mays, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like, like you got to know it's there to make the trek, to make the pilgrimage out there to go to. Yeah, you're not going to just like happen upon it, you know? It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. So pretty cool. Um, But yeah, so uh, like one of the other things that we just have been doing, uh, I know that you and I and Southern collectively, is we've been working on, and this has been kind of something we've had on the, on you know, on the, uh, the, the burner and then at times on the back burner, <laughs> uh, but it got, got back onto the, uh, got back on expo and, uh, it's finished now. And we're going to talk about it today. Uh, and we're going to talk about the release of this really cool cocktail box set. Um, that I, I can't wait to try your cocktail, Greg, especially, I mean, Souther, uh, does it, I've had too many of his cocktails. I'm sure it's great. Um, <laughs> I bet it's bitter. I, I haven't tried it yet, yeah, but I'm willing yeah, to I'm bet sure. it's yeah. sharp. Actually, I you know with 
with this kind of situation, I feel like he typically likes to get into a shaken citrus cocktail because he doesn't really often get to. But well, anyway, we'll get into that uh, once you bring yeah. our guests in today. Yeah, absolutely. So in the studio today, we have our friends, uh, wonderful entrepreneurs, and our collaborators, uh, Mike Milyovsky and Anna Gurevoy from Shaker and Spoon. Guys, thank you so much for for joining us. And it's nice to be uh, celebrating the fact that our baby is out in the world now. So congrats to, to you and also to us. Yes, let's all pat ourselves on the back. And uh, thank you sincerely for having us on the show, the first one back for summer break. There's literally nothing I'd rather be doing on a Wednesday than chatting here with you guys in the studio about our project. Talking cocktails. I love it. Oh, thanks, yeah. guys. I mean, there's nothing I'd rather be doing on a Wednesday than hanging out and uh, talking about cocktails and also myself. So there we go. It's uh, <laughs> the best the best of all worlds. Greg, also me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. That's how right? I feel, too. It's <laughs> a, we, we, should, we should have a podcast. It seems like we, uh, we, we like this a lot. Um, oh, yes. So we've, you know, Damon and I were kind of teasing what this is and what this project is that we're collaborating on. But why don't you two let the listener in if they're not... <clears throat> If they're not familiar with Shaker and Spoon, tell them a little bit about what you all do and then how uh, we wound up in, in bed together as business partners. Yes, no better place to be. Well, longtime listeners of the Speakeasy will know that we were on the show, I think, in 2018 or 2019, yeah, like soon after, uh, soon after we and Souther first met. Souther's been making cocktails for us for a while, and he had us on the show the very first time he debuted. But Shaker and Spoon is a cocktail subscription service. I hate to compare it to Blue Apron because it's so much better. But if you think of Blue Apron, you kind of get the idea. But instead of making dinner, you're making cocktails. But instead of making whatever cocktails, you're making cocktails with original recipes by Souther Teague and all of his friends in the industry. Really great recipes you can't find anywhere. Uh, you know, bars that maybe you can't visit if you aren't flying out to Denver and Northern California, Death & Co. and all those places. We bring all that great stuff to you and we teach you the philosophy behind it. So you can also develop your knack for mixology and your palate and have a great time and impress all your friends. One of the things I really dig about this program is that like when, anytime I write an article about a cocktail for, say, a bigger publication like Bon Appetit or something my mom can pick up in Lone Wolf, Oklahoma, in the middle of nowhere, it's like, first of all, you got to make the drink interesting enough. But then also, in a lot of situations like that in publications, you also have to make it somewhat accessible for the people who don't have access to kind of those rare ingredients. And what's cool about this is it's you provide all of the ingredients for people who might not otherwise have access to like, you know, whatever crazy ingredient one of these mixologists might come up with. So it's kind of taking that idea of like accessibility to like a, another higher level. Right. I mean, that's, it's, wouldn't you agree? I mean, definitely the, you know, there's, we all have the privilege of going out and experiencing uh, these amazing cocktail bars that have, you know, been, growing and popping up over the country over the last few years, um, you know, decades now and, and continues to, and it's been, you know, it's an amazing experience. Uh, Shaker and Spoon is this way of being able to have that exact same experience at the exact same quality level with actually, you know, we're making all these ingredients ourselves in small batches the exact same way they're being done at those bars. So you're not getting these like ingredients that 
you go out into the grocery store and can purchase, you're getting the ingredients the same way they'd be made at these high-end bars with, you know, instructions by these bartenders, completely original drinks. You get to have this, I mean, the drinks y'all made for this box are so cool and can't make them, you know, way. It's part of our mission and our privilege to really bring to life and easy to follow step-by-step instructions, the visions of really great bartenders and share them with people all over the country so everyone has a good time. You know, the bartenders get out there with the people and the people get to enjoy things they literally couldn't otherwise. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and I, I got I to gotta push back on one thing that was said earlier. The, all of the ingredients aren't in the box. Most of the ingredients are in there. Everything except the booze is in there. Is that right? Yes, yes yeah. that is correct. So that was, and, that was, I imagine that's really fun for uh, all your customers because they get to, you know, maybe try some new spirits that they're not familiar with or kind of see some, you know, one of their favorite bottles on their shelf in a new light. But it was also fun for me as a bartender kind of putting it together, like, okay, I can only reach for one bottle with this. That's it. And I have to make something that's like nuanced and layered and multifaceted while only going for that one thing, which is a really cool, uh, fun challenge for me as a bartender. Uh, But I also kind of want to back up. So you guys have been doing this for what, five years now, six years? Eight years. Our anniversary is coming up in October, two months from now. Wow. (laughs) One month. No, it's September. Oh my God, it's September. <laughs> yes, yes. Shaker and Spoon crawled, walked, talked, walked, ran. It's it's almost, a, not almost a teenager, but it's a child. It is a fully grown child who talks back. Yeah, it's going to start rebelling soon. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we're worried. So I, I'm, I was really uh, honored and, and thrilled when you all came to us with the idea of, hey, you know, we've been on the speakeasy a couple of times. You've worked with Souther. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what she has more of appearances with you guys or, or bars in the United States of America, but I know you've been working with him for a while. So it was really, really awesome when you approached us and said, hey, let's do a box, a speakeasy box. So I, I would I would love to, to talk a little bit about it, but I'd love to hear, you know, your side of the process of how that idea came to you and how you formulated, okay, how are we, how are we going to approach this? How are we going to go into, you know, building a cocktail kit around this podcast and these three, uh, you know, I'd like to think fairly large personalities that are on this show. (laughs) Well, I have to give the credit to Souther in absentia. Um, He was here in Red Hook. We were working on one of our collaborations and we were talking about what was coming up for the year. And he said, Hey, how about we do a speakeasy box and Damon, Greg and I will make the cocktails. And I said, I love that idea. Let me look at the calendar. We actually wanted to do a gin box in September. And I love the double entendre because, you know, gin was gin was popular in those speakeasy days. So I think it was just one of those kismet things that came together. And so they said, OK, great, let's get everyone on a text right now. And honestly, the rest was history. You know, we we discussed the concept and I said, let's do it around the podcast, but also around this speakeasy idea. And, you know, then we handed it off to you guys. Then what happened? Oh, man. Well, then then I got the prompt and I was like, okay, like they want sort of a I think the prompt was doing an old fashioned style cocktail with gin. And I wasn't sure if that was old fashioned in the sort of like old timey sense or old fashioned in a kind of like, you know, like, like an old fashioned, the cocktail sense. And for me personally, I was kind of like, okay, I, I, 
I'm not sure how I would build a gin old fashioned unless I wanted to use old Tom gin, which I didn't because I know that that's more kind of an esoteric ingredient. And I don't want to, I didn't want to give people like an errand along with their cocktail mm-hmm. box. Right. So yes. I was like, okay, let me build something around this idea of like bathtub gin. So I tried to, within the old fashioned formula, still having gin be the major flavor in there, that really rich kind of juniper botanical thing, just sort of throw a kitchen sink of different botanicals at it in different weird and interesting ways and kind of see how I can build a, um, you know, a sort of a <laughs> cacophonous doesn't really have the connotation that I want it to, because I mean cacophonous in a positive way. It's very harmonious. Oh, thank you. I'm obsessed with thank it. Thank you. But yeah, but I liked, I liked how like just through much, much, um, very strenuous research and development on my behalf of drinking all these cocktails. Like I was able to get all of these like very different, very odd flavors to kind of play together, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that's actually what it is. It's a lot of weird flavors coming together for something super cool, which is. I don't want to call it weird. I would like to say it's, it's a lot of disparate flavors and then the combination (laughs) really comes together and surprises you almost you wouldn't think it works but it works like there's aloe drink in there and there's rooibos tea in there and you know you maybe wouldn't think of at least the aloe in an old-fashioned but it's it's delicious it's so cool i can't wait for our customers to try it and i can't wait for your listeners to try it you know they've been listening to you talk cocktails for a while now and you know i think that this box is you know we have the the prohibition theme, but it's also a love letter to the listeners. Uh, Souther in absentia. Uh, I'll talk about one of the things that uh, he did for this box was he wrote this kind of like letter from the curator and it's in the recipe booklet. It's on the first two pages. And he wrote about when he first started working with you, Damon, and like what the podcast has meant to him. And when Greg came on and he talked about one of his favorite episodes and of course there's a QR so that everybody can listen and you know, I just can't wait for everyone who's been listening to you guys to actually try your drinks. And anyone in the country and Hawaii and Alaska and Puerto Rico, literally anyone with a U.S. post office who is listening to this podcast could get it and, you know, try these drinks in a couple of days that we're talking about right now. That's so awesome. I, you know, you just made me remember how old I am by uh, talking about this. <laughs> I mean, I've, been, I've been doing the show for it's 13 years and grand army's been open for eight years and you mentioned that you're about to turn eight and i'm just like i believe i brought souther on in year eight and then greg came on like kind of like close to right kind of around the beginning around the beginning of covid right yeah and, it was about uh, a year before covid i think yeah yeah and i because i was uh i was living out here, but I was doing the bi-coastal thing. So I wasn't, I was still in Brooklyn, but you know, anyway, it just made me think about like, like why, why didn't we do this earlier? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? A long time. We're here now. That's exactly right. I'm I'm really excited. No, me too. Me too. And that's, and it's also, like you said, you know, anyone that has a U.S. post office, they can, they can enjoy this and like kind of get into it. I, I don't know. Like, Greg, I, I think that, like, you know, with the gin old fashioned, I've always loved gin old fashions. I mean, I think even just like a straight up, just classic build of a, a gin old fashioned, just an old fashioned with gin, right? Um, 
it that's the great thing about that format of that cocktail just or like just classic cocktail by definition it really works with everything i mean but the way that you took it and and i love rooibos tea i don't do caffeine anymore so and i haven't for a while um but i love rooibos tea and i love the robustness of it i actually used it it's in the uh the green hug old tom gin that maxwell Britton and i created with uh, Stephen D'Angelo from Greenhook. Um, and it was one of those things where I didn't want to lean too much on oak. I wanted to kind of like lean into some more spice and also the perception of sweetness, you know, where our brains go with it. Like, for instance, there's chai tea in there. Most people don't drink chai tea straight. They drink it in like a chai tea latte. So you're already kind of thinking about that. Vanilla isn't really as sweet as a lot of people think it is. It's in a lot of things that are sweet. You know, a lot of confectionery and kind of dessert stuff but like it's not necessarily all that sweet so the idea uh was to like kind of play off the perception and what you've done here is you've manipulated that drink into something completely different and you can use it i just want to say this this is what i was trying to get at if you are out there listening and you do happen to have you know multiple different gins in your your home bar try it a couple of different ways you know? Yeah, and that's the cool Absolutely. thing about this kit and like what you've done with it is like ultimately we all have our own taste, especially when it comes to gin. You know, uh, and some people like really old school, like resiny, piney, you know, super crazy, <laughs> like uh, dry London dry gin. But then also, you know, like I worked for Brooklyn Gin, and it was all really fresh botanicals. It's on the other end of the spectrum. And especially for my cocktail, that's that's what I wanted to do is open up those options, and it it it's worked so far. It's worked in every way possible uh, that I've tried it. But um, but we can talk about that, I guess, when we get back from our break because it's about halfway through the show. So let's take a quick commercial break here from our sponsors, and then we'll be back in just a few with Mike Nana from Shakers Boot. Back in a few. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Wisconsin certainly knows their cheese. The only state that requires a license to cheese, they take the craft very seriously. That's why this year, Wisconsin Cheese is hosting the very first Art of Cheese Festival to celebrate all things curds. From September 29th to October 1st, you too can join the Jubilee. Over the course of the festival, you can learn how to pair cheese like a pro. Art of Cheese is thrilled to offer classes on pairing cheese with wine from the industry's leading sommeliers, cocktails from spirits experts, chocolate, and coffee. Yes, coffee with cheese from a former cheesemonger. At Art of Cheese, you can level up your artisanal cheesemaking knowledge with a curds-on deep dive amongst the cream of the crop and celebrate all things cheese by dancing the night away as the bell of the Wisconsin Cheese Ball. You won't want to miss out on finding your next favorite cheese at the party of the year. Head over to www.artofcheesefestival.com for your tickets to Pastured Paradise. And we are back. You were listening to the Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. We're talking with our friends and collaborators, Mike and Anna from Shaker and Spoon. And when we went into the break, we were talking about uh, the fun versatility that these kits provide. Because obviously you can use, you know, any of ours, for example, being a gin box that we developed. You can use, you know, any of the big players in the gin world, like Tanqueray, uh, your Beefeaters, your Hendrixes. They'll all work pretty well in that. But we were also talking about how it's fun to mess around with, like, maybe throwing an old Tom in there. Or I actually did this uh, a little while ago because I had 
made a lot of that rooibos time syrup that my cocktail uses and i was kind of tired of navigating around it in my fridge so uh i was making some cocktails with it and i did wherever phil duff was at the time i'm sure his ears perked up because i started doing <laughs> it using a nicely aged geneva in it and ah so good so oh, yeah. we talked a little bit about the different ingredients that go into it but damon you've been uh, you've been very coquettish about your cocktail spill spill the beans what's in your drink in this box before Damon spills the beans, I want to jump in to say all these gins, you can also zero proof it really easily I for anyone who's interested too. in trying. Oh, OK. Yeah. I'll let you say it then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so, yeah, mine's the pandana. Uh, so I love gin and tonic. And I should say I love tonic and gin because... Like you were saying, you can low and no proof these cocktails. Uh, and especially I think for, for mine, it's probably the easiest one to do so with because it's 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 a longer drink. And so it might be a little bit easier to kind of zero proof it if you wanted to. But also, I mean, if you want to do uh, low proof, I mean, you can, you can play around with that too, just by changing the, the base proportion. But yeah, so it's a, I love, I love riffing on gin and tonic. Um, or if you're in Europe, just call it gin tonic. But um, yeah, when I was, not too many people know this, but uh, while Grand Army was under construction, I was kind of moonlighting at different bars. I, I worked at a couple of shifts at Death & Company. I was at Extra Fancy in Williamsburg. I uh, did I did work at ZZ's Clam Bar for a few months, maybe almost six months, um, and the Ludlow Hotel, because the same major food group. Um, but the pineapple cocktail is easy's. It's just hella pineapple, right? Um, but it's a it's a heavily infused gin uh, with pineapple, and then it goes into a bunch of different ingredients and chamomile, and it's it's a beautiful drink. Well, I was sitting there with Thomas Wah one day uh, pre shift, and I was having my pre shift drink, <laughs> which was a uh, I made myself a gin tonic with the pineapple gin that we use for the pineapple cocktail, and he was like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "Make one for me." I was like, dude, it's really simple. It's a it's a gin tonic, but it's just the gin's infused. But the tropicality, I, I, I like where we're at with tonic these days because um, there's so many different styles of tonic. But, you know, I, one thing that I haven't really seen yet is anything that's barrel-aged catching on. Because, like, when you go to cognac, they drink cognac and tonic. Here in the States, we always think about, you know, it's got to be clear to go with tonic, which is totally untrue. So you can figure out different ways. You know, you touched on old time gin being a barrel aged gin. Totally works in this cocktail. Um, but for instance, uh, it's a it's a banana and pandan gin tonic, and I you know just having that tropicality and that that pineapple gin tonic and ZZ's, it, it just is my refreshing like. You know, it's New York. You don't have to drive. Uh, so like, you know, <laughs> it's also ZZ. So it's like a celebrity, like little tree house of a, a bar, you know, it's like any given night you're there. It's like, there's only 13 seats in the place. Everyone's smoking inside. Uh, it'd be like Madonna and then uh, David Letterman and Regis Philbin and like, like uh, Nas and Jay-Z and Beyonce. It's like, and it, it, it and everyone's just hanging out there. Like it's no big deal. And uh, cause it wasn't a big deal, but um, yeah, I mean, like as a bartender, it was like the you could get away with a lot of stuff. Uh, I kind of remember smoking behind the bar uh, a few times, uh, but anyway, <laughs> back on track. Um, I just yeah, like I said, I love a, a tropical element to a gin tonic. 
so that's where I wanted to go with this one. But again, like for instance, uh, I didn't. So every year at Labor Day weekend, it's like kind of like the the sign off for summer in a lot of ways for me. But like I usually don't drink the whole week uh, after Labor Day. This year, I actually didn't even drink on Labor Day, which is you know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not anti-America or anything. <laughs> I just say, you know, I was just like, you know, if I, if I don't want to, it's like, I just didn't feel like drinking uh, for the day. And it just happened to be Labor Day, which is a big drinking holiday. But I was also like, I want to go on a motorcycle ride and I don't want to like, I obviously don't want to drink and, and ride my motorcycle. And I was like, also, I don't get pulled over and get a DUI, you know, like in our industry, it's like, you get a DUI, like it kind of ends your career in a lot of ways, you know, cause I work on the brand side, I work in marketing, I, I own a liquor license, you know, like all this stuff and like, it's too much to risk. So, you know, all I'm saying is like, it's easily turned into an NA or like a, a lower no uh, cocktail if you, if you choose to. And that's, what's really cool about this too. I love that. Like, I just want to gush about shaker and spoon because it's not just these cocktail kits that get sent out. Right, you can go to the website, and you can order all these ingredients. Like I don't know if you're if you're allergic to banana, you don't have to. You can, <laughs> I mean, no, Damon, we do have someone allergic to banana actually who wrote to us and was asking about your cocktail, and we happen to have just a pandan syrup on the site, so we arranged with her kind of what she could do to enjoy it. Just see exactly, syrup. and that's it's cool that it's modular that way. I would suggest pineapple because uh, that was kind of original and it totally works with pandan. But the thing is. You can just go to the website and order these ingredients, these tinctures and bitters and 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 syrups, and you know you can kind of create your own adventure, you know. And that that to me is really cool. Like if if you're not like like that's a perfect example. If you're if you're allergic to one of these ingredients, you can. And that's cool that you accommodated that person to do so. It's really cool. So also something you're doing. Speaking of having all these options for all these different ingredients. I heard a little rumor that you were going to be collaborating with the, I would say, you know, I know that like there are a lot of different cocktail competitions out there, but I would say that my favorite one, and not just because we're twins, uh, <laughs> my twin doesn't work in the industry, hers does, <laughs> but uh, Speed Rack, I'm talking about Ivy Makes, of course, but uh, you're going to be working with Speed Rack. Yes, yes. Awesome. actually, it's going to be our third year collaborating with them. And yeah. this, of course, was born out of the pandemic um, coming out of 2020 when they couldn't do their live events. You know, they were losing all of this donor money that should be going to the cause. And they asked, like, what can we do together in lieu of the live events? And we came up with these kits where we would feature cocktails from past alumni of the competition, you know, past champions. So we had their cocktail recipes and then we had really neat swag that the brands donated to make it like a very special exclusive limited edition box and all the proceeds are going to the pink agenda. So we did in 2021, we did in 2022 and we're coming back to do it in 2023. We're just starting to get the word out. Uh, we have really great kits with cocktails from Caramico, Kelly Thorne and Kate Garwin. Uh, the drinks are delicious. There's some really cool stuff that's coming in the kits. There are these limited edition tropical mugs from Don Q that there's only like, I think, 100 
150 out there and they sent us 100 for our 100 boxes. So handmade, beautiful. Uh, wow. Tiki Diablo yeah. designed them. So really great stuff like that. Uh, those are going to be front and center on the website, you know, soon going into October. And, you know, anyone who wants to support Speedrack and support the research, uh, you know, we would love to send you a Speedrack kit. Very cool. I mean, that's that's so awesome. It's so awesome. And, you know, just being able to have that option, like, of not... I just want to say this, too. Because, like, you know, they're, we're starting to get into... I just, if you don't mind me kind of going back to something we were talking about just a, a minute ago. But um, the options for your distribution and accessibility for anyone who wants to get into it is... You're not shipping booze across state lines, you know? It's like... yeah. There's really no reason to not get into this if you like yeah. cocktails. Whether no, we, we try to make it easy where, you know, we always tap the bartenders uh, who are doing this to make a recommendation for what, you know, for what people uh, can mix with. Yeah, which... I'll, I'll make a Southern in absentia uh, little uh, little comment, which is that when we first started working on this box, Southern was like, all right, I talked to the guys and we have to recommend Ford's Gin. It's like by bartenders four bartenders like Simon Ford knows where it's at. So that was a fun one to recommend for this box. And it's also very easy to find. It's very accessible. Um, and we do have a spirit shipping partner who we work with, uh, you know, Curiata, who always makes our recommendations available. So even if you want the booze delivered, you there's like a link on our website that you can go to and then you can order the booze and have that delivered too, just not through us. But if you live in a dry place, like we have a lot of people in Pennsylvania, we have a lot of people in control states that it would be really hard for them to enjoy shaker and spoon at all. But for us, it's a feature, not a bug that we don't include the alcohol. So it's accessible yeah. to everyone. Everyone is welcome. Anyone who's having trouble finding this stuff, like we will literally work the phones and work with our customers to find something that will work for their box. I know. I love that story you told about the customer who was allergic to banana, who who wrote to you and was like, "Hey, is there a, a workaround that you can do for this?" Which I thought that was so awesome that you guys did that. Does that does that happen very often? Do you do you very often have to uh, do kind of like you know modifications like that for people? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people, for example, with nut allergies, and sometimes we might have like a chicory pecan bitters. So we might recommend a different bitters or, you know, come up with something so they can enjoy the cocktail. You know, the food allergies are out there and we have a large subscriber base. Every time we release a box, we have a full length blog describing the cocktails, describing everything in it. And at the bottom, we call out any of like the big eight or nine, whatever the official allergens are, you know, like the egg, wheat, sesame, nuts tree nuts, all that. Like we call out anything that falls into that category. And we also make sure to cover what all the flavors are so that if it's kind of an allergen that doesn't, isn't one of the main ones, you can still figure out from reading, oh, there's strawberry, there's banana. There are a lot of people allergic to strawberry. Which, there are a lot yeah. of people allergic to strawberry. Yeah. It's very weird. I mean, and, and unfortunate because strawberry is delicious. Yes. I know. And then grapefruit is one. It interacts with some medications. Right. So we always call out when there's Perfect. grapefruit and we try to make a suggestion, you know, you could mix it with this instead of like the, you know, the grapefruit soda. Well, you know, we love Palomas around here. Oh, yes. Well, as long as we're talking about process, I got to ask, like, 
I remember the last time y'all were on the show, you were sort of talking about, you were, you were kind of in your like startup days. You know, I remembered hearing a story about how the first box that went into production, you were in the kitchen mixing syrups for like 36 <laughs> straight uh, hours yes. or some shit oh, like boy. that. Like I, I, I would love to hear how, uh, how the operation is, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth and say matured. I'll let you be the judge of whether or it not has it has. matured. Okay, good. Yeah. So, so what's, yes. it, what's it like I would now? hope what's, so. <laughs> I would hope I've matured in the last five years too, but on a given day, sometimes I'm just not sure. But uh, talk to me a little bit about, about the, what Shaker and Spoon Industries is like today. Cause I loved like having this syrup that I just made in my kitchen and sort of threw together the recipe for, and then seeing it come out in this like very professional, like labeled little bottle. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is my recipe with so much more street cred than I could just ever give it on my own. So how does, how did it get from my crazy brain into a very nice properly labeled bottle? Well, thank you for the kind words on that. I mean, we could probably have a whole show talking about everything we went through in 2020, you know, that has kind of led to where we are now. So I'm going to try to keep it very summarized. Uh, but at the end of 2019, we were in a shared kitchen in uh, it was Sunset Machine Co. We were kind of starting to grow out of it. We were thinking, you know, after our holiday growth in 2019, we got to move into something else. And we had a kismet moment. Our friend uh, Alex Ingalls, Pilot Kombucha, she had this space in Red Hook that she had, you know, basically built out. But then she got a co-packer and she got a distributor. Suddenly she didn't need all this space. Uh, you know, she just wanted her kombucha tap room. So she was starting to sublet the space. And at that time, we were only producing like one week out of the month. So we got this whole deal worked out where, you know, she was sharing to other companies and we would take over the whole thing for that week. And then we would kind of shrink down a smaller footprint and the other companies. So this is all heading into 2020. So January 2020, we had our first production here. February, we had our second one. And this then is going to be March. our year. Yes. And everything went bonkers. And we don't have time to summarize everything that happened, but we ended up taking over the space. She ended up moving to the West Coast. The other companies moved out of here. We took over two more buildings that were connected, and now we have kind of a shaker and spoon compound, which I would love to tour you through and show you all the processes firsthand. But oh, yeah. we have we have a much larger footprint here, and um, I'm going to hand the microphone to Mike to talk about the syrup production specifically because we worked very hard on iterating that. Yeah, so the promise of shaker and spoon is that we are going to deliver these house-made products to you made at the in the same fashion they're made at these high-end cocktail bars. And so we've worked really hard to actually develop a process for that. So everything here is made, like I like to tell people that it's made in, um, we, we, you know, we make everything as efficient as possible and something that is inherently inefficient. So we're making everything in these really tiny, small batches, um, like literally just made in these 20 gallon pots I think it's put together, everything is whole natural ingredients, real spices, fruits, herbs, uh, as leaning on that as much as we can. We have over the years kind of found new and interesting ways to create flavors. And I mean, there's so many new, there's so many things we do now. We, a few months ago, developed our own uh, lime and lemon oleo citrates, which have been these like amazing ways to create like more citrusy citrus than citrus. And it's extremely <laughs> stable. It just is so stable until you open it. And when you open it, it can sit in the fridge and taste like lime juice 
for a whole month without it has no juice in it, so it doesn't oxidize and get metallic. Yeah, we've been we've been making these crazy oleo sacrums here, and uh, you do all sorts of infusions. We you know because we have um, access to certain things, we can get like. Um, I'm trying to think of the things that we did that have been, that maybe are a little outside of what would be done in the bar. Like, um, we, we don't like to use things like concentrates when, uh, when it makes sense to use fresh fruit, but then there's times where it just makes sense to use a concentrate when you want like a insane, like hit of flavor. And so I remember once we were working with, uh, with, uh, Suzu, yeah, with Suzu. uh, and he like, he had this idea for, this um, this Japanese curry punch, and we we were like, well, how do we do that in a punch where you're adding all of this uh, champagne and like all of this stuff, all this dilution, yeah, and dilution, and we're like, we know where we'll dilute a concentrate in the drink, and that's kind of what we did. We made this super concentrated like apple curry syrup that then went. yeah we call it the ringo cordial it's still on our site <laughs> I, yeah i think we still have the syrup itself we do yeah the kit um, is gone yeah. but the syrup remains um yeah that was that's actually one of my favorite drinks that it's like i love japanese curry and i've like never considered bringing those flavors into i mean that's why we collaborate with amazing people like you and like suzu is because like we're you know i'm here to try to bring that vision to life but i'm not i'm just not as creative yeah. as, as you we're, are we're executing here but yeah. i want to talk a little bit about the process like we have oh, yeah. our, our bottle filling machine which is new for us and i have a video of how it works that i can send over if like hrn wants to share it but you know yeah. we have like these little nozzles like filling the bottles and they like go through and it's like a little it's not a conveyor belt but it's like a little conveyor belt moment and the syrup liquid is being pumped in from these pots and you know the batches are still relatively small what are they 20 gallon pots yeah everything is made 20 i mean we make multiple batches at a time obviously but yeah everything's made in these super tiny batches with all natural whole ingredients yeah, so, and trying to capture that flavor yeah we put the pots on the induction burner you know it boils it goes through the tube it connects to the filling machine it gets filled we put the caps on then uh so the way that the product is like sealed and self-stable is we flip it upside down it's a hot fill it's process called an inverted hot fill yeah what's um, a hot fill hold uh yes there's there there's an inverted hold on it but that is that is a way for us to make it shelf stable without adding any um anything that's unnatural for preservatives the only thing we use for preservation is uh when needed citric acid which is a natural um, extract from uh, from limes, lemons, and citrus. It's just mm-hmm. basically powdered, uh, powdered lemon, lemon. For, the mo- for the most part. That's a little bit more concentrated, and it's just to bring the acid uh, somewhat higher so that it's an unwelcome uh, environment for bacteria. But yeah, that's everything is all natural, made the way it would be made at these bars, done, uh, put into a bottle, hot, flipped, cooled, and and that's it. And you're you're getting you know. You're, you're getting that robust intensity of flavor at the exact specs from, you know, people who have won award. By the way, we, we entered into this. We didn't say congratulations on your speakeasy. Yes, that's right. The award. Congratulations so much. And there couldn't be a better time for the box to be coming out to be celebrating the award. I know. Yeah. Talk about Kismet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. I wish we'd have time to make like tiny little like crystal uh, that would have been so fun. <laughs> it's coasters, you know? Like, come yes. on. There's a- oh, totally. Well, you know what? 
next time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Next exactly. year. Next but, board. Greg, coming, coming back to your question, I guess that's kind of the difference. One of the main differences between what you've cooked on the stove at home is we do have the pH properly met and recorded. You know, that's very important. We work with Cornell, make sure everything is tip top and safe. Uh, so we have, and that we have a custom cooling sink that we had built when we built this facility out. And basically it has all these different, what are they called? Uh, Not bins. Well, they're like cooling compartments. Yeah, all these compartments. 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 We have yeah, yeah. We have thermometers in each of them, and each compartment is a little bit cooler, so that it cools down safely. And once it's cool, it's sealed. It gets the label on. It is. It is ready to go. And I want to come back to the other thing that I was saying about 2020. I think it's actually very, very relevant to this podcast. Is in April and May when basically the city was locked down. We were exempt because we were an essential business because A, there's a warehouse, B, there's food. We were like exempt on three different things. And, you know, at times it was hard to get people to come work here because everybody was scared. And I mean, we went from our one week production to like every day of the month, but super spread out. And we were doing all kinds of wild stuff to keep people safe. I mean, even when they were saying not to wear masks, I was like, well, I see they're wearing masks in the hospital, so I'm pretty sure that it prevents the spread of COVID. So we donated all of the surgical masks that we had to the local hospital. Um, you know, we had them for working with kind powder and stuff. But then I had a friend who was sewing. She had a, a wedding dress business that nobody was getting married, and she switched to sewing masks for hospitals. So I said, how about I order some for the shaker and spoon team? And we were like her guinea pigs because we had all these different heads and faces And she ended up having a whole COVID mask business out of this. We were her test subjects, but we had masks. We had this like decontamination station. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Like we had people come in and like spray their phone and like do their hands. And then like after they did all that, wash their hands. And it was, I mean, it was, it was really extra at the time we didn't know, but nobody wanted to ride the subway. So we rented these vans and it was like the shaker and spoon party bus. Like we had a route that was from the very top of Manhattan going all down the island and around Brooklyn, like picking everybody up and dropping them here. So they wouldn't have to ride the subway because the subway was barely running and it was crazy. Um, And we had night shifts because suddenly we had all these orders and everyone was so spread apart that our production was very inefficient to even fulfill these orders. But the part that I'm getting to is there were a lot of bartenders who were out of work. And we had a lot of bartenders who actually came here and worked with us, which was amazing. Like brand reps, bartenders. I think we had a whole crew from Memorial Margo. Like Souther recommended someone to us. And I think he and like all his roommates rented yeah. a car. It was before the party bus and just like drove here and worked for a week. So that was really beautiful. And we were really grateful to do our part to help the hospitality community because, you know, shakers would be absolutely nothing without hospitality. It's not like our competition, you know, we're all collaborating. Uh, We had, speaking of speed rack, you know, we don't talk about this a lot, but charitable endeavors are very close to our hearts. And one of the things we did during COVID is we did all these programs for USBG, another round, another rally. So, you know, just something to throw in that we're very proud of. And I think, you know, a lot of the people listening are that community. So, we're here for you. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, like, it's so much more than just, a, uh, you know, ingredients in a box. That's what I want yeah. people to understand, you know. Plus, I mean, Absolutely. you, you're speaking of uh, charitable organizations and these different activations. You have a Kickstarter that's coming up soon, right? Yes. And we haven't told anybody yet. So this is kind of the debut of the information. All right. Breaking news. Here we go. 
Yes, yeah. this is breaking news. The Speakeasy has the scoop. It is going to be launching at the end of September, and it's something that we worked on with Souther. And the working name is uh, the Better with Bitters Experience. And it's a different product than anything we've come up with so far at Shaker and Spoon. We are going to have three recipes, but the three recipes are classics. And what we're doing is we have like a control version of the recipe, like, you know, a classic version. And then these different bitters that Souther has chosen for you to take a journey with each of the recipes and try each of these bitters to see what the bitters brings to the cocktails and what a big difference it makes. And then we're bringing in another syrup to replace what's essentially a simple syrup to then see how, you know, a syrup with a little more pizzazz then interacts with each of those bitters. So typically in our boxes, you have three recipes and you can make four of each drinks. But in this one, it's going to be three recipes. There's going to be enough ingredients to make eight of each to take the bitters journey with everything. And it's going to be a special booklet with videos from Souther to kind of guide you and lots of space for taking notes. I don't think you want to make eight times three drinks in one night you know, to do the experience. So you're going to want to take lots of notes to compare. And, you know, it's something that our community has been asking for a little more focus on the classics and, you know, how can we get more bitters education? So we're really excited to kickstart this and see what kind of support there is out there for us to create products that are outside the scope of what Shaker and Spoon is currently doing and, you know, answering the special requests that we're giving. So um, if anyone from the Speakeasy audience wants to come and pledge, uh, we would love to have you. You know, you know and love Souther, and this is something we're working on very closely with him. And if you come to our website, shakerandspoon.com, you know, there's going to be a pop-up asking for your name, email address, phone number so that we can keep in touch. And if you give us your info, of course, you'll get on our list and you will be getting an announcement about this Kickstarter and how you can support very soon. But you heard it here first on the Speakeasy. Very yeah. cool. We're, we're excited. Our, the, like the Shaker and Spoon cocktail subscription is a really fun uh, experience that's meant to be maybe subtly, almost secretively educational. We'll teach you how to <laughs> make a drink by having you make a drink and you'll learn ratios and flavor combinations over time because you're experiencing drinks from literally the best bartenders Yeah, in the world. you'll learn by osmosis. Yeah, but <laughs> this is meant to be like a lot more educational and a lot more of a kind of journey through three classic cocktails. It's going to be an old-fashioned, uh, a whiskey old-fashioned, a rum daiquiri, and uh, Damon, for you, uh, a gin and tonic. Uh, nice. that we're going to play around with different bitters and you're going to make each drink eight different ways with an ability to like make different combinations. And Souther will talk you through every single thing, give you his tasting notes. And it's going to be a, hopefully a lot of fun. Yeah, I would call it almost like a bitters flight, but you are making full-size cocktails. Yeah. I love it. That's my favorite kind of flight. Yeah. We're sending yes. We're sending 12 different types of bitters in that 12 flight. different... Uh, types from 12 different brands. Yeah, so. Dang. So for, for those of us who don't have access to a place like the Meadows here in New York, it'll be also just a way to really explore bitters and like by tasting a whole bunch of different ones. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. And there are going to be, you know, really cool tiers where you can do special things with Souther. It is, you know, a Souther Teak project. Nice. So you, you can get some special attention from Souther Teak. Do you so there's got many a... little like AR avatars that I saw him playing around with, like one of those little like six inch tall versions of Souther that just kind of like sits in your home and explains it to you. 
Well, you know what? Uh, people are going to have to sign up for our mailing list to find out. Okay. <laughs> That's so awesome. Souther Teague, man of like many, many projects. <laughs> but yes. even when he's not Honestly, here, he's here. What yeah. Souther Teague has been doing on his summer vacation is like being bothered by me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, not not just you, I'm sure. I'm sure he's he's, he's a busy guy. Um, well, this has been so, not even just this show, but just this whole collaborative process over these last few months has been so much fun to, to work with you two. Great. It's been so supportive and it's been a fun chance for me to kind of stretch some creative muscles that I don't get a ton of chances to use anymore. And it was just so, so rewarding to have you two drop off that box yesterday and just kind of see it out in the it's have it be a physical thing that like I could touch and look at and and take pictures of for Instagram it's wonderful and I'm really looking forward to digging into it uh tonight and the night after that and the night after that and so on and so forth until I guess I just have to get another one yeah Damon if we could we would come to your home in California also for a personal drop-off but it is Uh a little far (laughs) I appreciate that uh but you're always welcome anytime so uh you know, I, I, I do want to echo what Greg just said, um, you know, that in kind of what you said, uh, I, I still work in the business. I just don't bartend traditionally anymore, you know, and, you know, I still still own the bars and love going to everything. Uh, I don't get to flex that creativity as much as I used to, like Greg just said. And so this was a really fun process for me. And my wife certainly enjoyed uh the the R and D sessions, um, so that's you know it's always good. You know, all of a sudden that's we start why, working. That's like, why we do it, man, for the fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you know, like everyone's like, "Wait, you do? Uh, what are you doing today?" I'm like, "I got to work on cocktails for this project." And they're like, "I'll, I'll be over in about twelve minutes." You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> like, but I've been asking you to come over and hang out. I have a hot tub. You don't even come over and hang out. <laughs> you have a hot tub. I'm coming over. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's been really fun working on this project. I can't wait to do this again um, uh, sometime in the future. Uh, it'll Absolutely. be a lot of fun. And, you know, I do want to take this moment to uh, say, obviously, go every, everyone should go check out Shaker and Spoon. It's amazing. Check out the Kickstarter with others, new collaborative pro- uh, project with you. But I also want to take this moment. We're back from break, and I do want to say thank you for everyone who listens to the Speakeasy uh, we got the award from Tails this year, this summer. Um, and I, like, it was just really nice to actually, as much as we love doing this, it was, it was nice to take a few weeks off um, <laughs> to uh, just basically do nothing um, <laughs> for me, at least not, I'm not, I'm not Southern Teague. Um, but yeah, it, it was actually fun for me because I got to go back and listen to a, a few of our most recent episodes. And um, you know, it's one thing when you're doing, the interview and you're having the conversation, but the best thing for me about these interviews and conversations is that, you know, there's so much content that sometimes it's like when you go to a wine tasting and like, by the time you get to like the third glass, you've kind of forgotten about the first glass, you know, or like the subtle nuances and flavors <laughs> and aromas. It's kind of like that. It's like, I remember like huge points of the episodes, but then I'll go back and listen. I'm like, Oh Yeah man, we just talked about so much stuff that I kind of forgot about that one thing, but that was a really cool thing. 
And so uh, I just want to say, like, again, thanks to everyone who's listened. But also, I just want to say thanks again to all, all of our awesome guests on the show, including you. Uh, and I can't wait to go back and listen to this one and get some nice sound bites for the the post and everything. So thanks again for awesome. being on the show today. Thanks to Heritage Radio Network for having us. Thanks to listeners. And until next week, everyone, cheers. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food and drink radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. It's gonna get-